Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. My name is Jack Clifton. I am your host and the Shire Salvos podcast is your home for everything that's happening around our Menai and Miranda locations and everything that is happening uh, in the life of our church. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in, whether this is your first time listening or it's your 40th time, I really appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Shire Salvos podcast. We're going to play the sermon that happened on Sunday morning, uh, on uh, yesterday morning, we're recording this on a, a Monday morning, um, yesterday morning sermon or Sunday morning sermon uh, with Joel. Joel continued the James challenge with us uh, to week three and we were speaking uh, and Joel was speaking about uh, the words, uh, the words that come out of our mouth and uh, I guess taming the tongue and how vicious some of those words can be, whether they're words that we've received from others, um, perhaps words of life haven't been spoken over us in our lives um, or maybe we're, we haven't been uh, so kind to, to other people and we've cut people down. So it was a really, um, a really earnest sermon from Joel. It was really good to, uh, to hear Joel speak from the heart and speak about some, some personal things um, that have certainly affected his family when it comes to the way that we speak and the way that we care about each other. Um, So looking forward to playing that for you a little bit later on in the podcast. But firstly, as we do each and every week here on the Shire Selvers podcast, we're going to jump in and see what's making news and what social events are happening around the life of our church. Not too much happening in the life of our church at the moment, uh, but there is a few things for you to be aware of. Uh, just a reminder that our church services are happening every Sunday morning at our Menai or Bangor location at 11 Pilliga Place. Uh, 9.30 is when church uh, kicks off. So um, if you're unaware of that, perhaps you might be new in the area or uh, you've, uh, you've just been put onto this podcast by a friend or a relative or something and you're interested in coming to our church service, 9.30 a.m. each and uh, every Sunday morning at 11 Pilliga Place at Bangor. The Friendship and Fitness is a free walking group that's being run by the Helensburg local uh, 2508 Salvos. Uh, it's an outdoor fis- fitness company uh, called Fluoro Fun and Fitness. So they've joined uh, forces to launch a free weekly walking group to encourage uh, friendship and help. Uh, there is an article um, on the um, uh, the Shire Salvos website if you want to find out a bit, a bit more information about that. Alison Hawley um, is the local Salvo who runs that fitness company and in conjunction with the Helensburg. 25008 Salvos are, are, are running that. So um, if you do want a bit more information about that, they do have a Facebook page. You can find that out on Fluoro Fun and Fitness um, on Facebook, um, or you can uh, you can go directly to them uh, at Fluoro Fun Fitness um, on Facebook as well. So if you're perhaps someone that wants to maybe get out and exercise a little bit more as it slowly starts to get that, just get a little bit warmer, or you're looking to build up some friendships, or you're looking to meet new people, I reckon this would be a really great opportunity uh, for you, um, that there is that, that Facebook group um, to uh, to find out more information. Fluoro Fun and uh, Fitness there. The other news to be aware of uh, is our upcoming uh, Boomers and uh, Beyond dates. They've just recently, uh, today, have had their uh, their latest um, Boomers and Beyond uh, morning tea um, on the 15th of, uh, of August. Uh, but they do have a couple uh, more trips coming up. On September 19, they're doing a ferry trip to Bundina. And then October 17, the Audley National Park and Cafe, they're doing a morning tea down there in the gorgeous National Park. And on the 21st of November, they're having their Christmas party um, at Club Central Menai. So you can contact Contact the Shire Salvos Church office on 95430487 if you want any more information in regards to that. 
Elsewhere, we have the Ride and Drive group uh, that is getting together for a breakfast drive and company. And they've got two dates coming up. One is this forthcoming weekend, the 20th of August, and then another one on the 5th of November. So it's all about uh, getting out and uh, getting out in the community and, and spending time with others and, and spending time in fellowship. You don't necessarily need to be someone that rides a motorbike or uh, rides a motorized scooter or anything like that. Um, you might just enjoy going for a drive. That could be you yourself. You, uh, you can even jump in the, the passenger seat or the back seat with some of the other drivers uh, that are going. Uh, Michael and David Hosking are organizing uh, that. But again, contact the church office if you want more information um, there. It uh, sounds like it's going to be a, a really a really fun morning and, and afternoon uh, with, with all the guys getting involved there. A great chance uh, to, uh, to, to spend time with, with other people. And obviously, it's not just, uh, not just for men. It's open for, for everyone. Um, but if you're interested in, in riding and driving, you just like to see nice places, or maybe you just want to have uh, a classical big breakfast, uh, then I encourage you to, to get in contact with uh, either Michael or David or contact the church office as well. Just a reminder, all the information that we do speak about here on the Shire Salvos podcast is available on our website and Facebook page. Our website is shiresalvos.org.au, where we have all the latest articles and uh, information of different things that are happening. But we also have a Shire Salvos Facebook page, so you can directly go to the link via www.facebook.com forward slash Shire Salvos, or you can just search for Shire Salvos uh, in your Facebook search bar. And that way you can keep up to date with everything that's happening, uh, because obviously we do only do this podcast. Uh, once a week. So sometimes there's little bits of, of news and information that does trickle through throughout the week. So Joel and Kim are often updating both the website and the Facebook page to keep you updated uh, with what is happening around the life of our church. Now that wraps up all of the latest news and information about the Shire Salvos at both our Menai and Miranda locations. And up next, Joel Campbell is going to bring us week three of the James Challenge, talking about taming the tongue and how uh, dangerous our words can be, how uplifting our words can be, but how crushing our words can be when we speak them negatively uh, over other people. That's coming up next here on the Shire Salvos podcast. What well, is the way you speak point people around you to Jesus. That's what this uh, topic, this passage is all about, James 3. It's a challenge about the words we use and the great impact they have. And I'm going to spend some time just unpacking what James is trying to say here. But the thing is, our words can often be the things that are holding us back from all that God wants us to be. It's often the things that are holding us back that all um, God wants of other people as well, which are the words that we speak. So can we tame the tongue? And the big idea about James 3, the first thing is verse 8, and it says this, and thanks, John, for reading that. No human being can tame the tongue. It's not possible for us to do this by ourselves. It's in God's power that we can actually tame the tongue. That's what this is all about, and the challenge that we can't do this on our own. We need this and the Holy Spirit's help to guide our tongue, guide the way we speak so we're speaking life instead of bringing people down. And so we have to shift the way we speak. We have to tame the tongue. And how do we do this? And I think it comes down to three main things. The first is repentance. The fact that we have to come and seek God and come to him as broken people and simply asking him to help us be more like him instead of doing it in our own strength. Apologizing, asking forgiveness for words that we've spoken over people that have not brought life, that they have actually brought death, negativity in somebody's life. And then the next is healing. The fact is that words have actually, like, 
your speech, it's a two-way street, right? You speak over somebody else and they speak over you. And so we actually need to ask for healing in this space. Because so many of us, you are holding on to words that have been spoken over you over time. And that that is the thing that has shaped your identity. Not the words of life, not the godly words, but the words that have been spoken over you that are actually untrue. They are not of God. And we have to ask God to come into that space to truly allow us to heal from these words that people have spoken. And the last is what James is all about. It's words in action. It's words of life. It's actually putting into practice, taking a shift of how we speak and we tame the tongue. And again, it is simply with God's help that we can do this. So the question is for you to reflect on this week that's just been, even your conversations today, how did you speak? Did they bring life to people? Did they encourage? Did they bless? Or did they have a ne negative impact? That's the question. And I have this um, story in terms of how you speak to people. I was a PDHP teacher before um, I took this role. And of course, as a teacher, I wanted to be somebody that would speak life over the kids, empower them, see the best in them, bring them up. But there was this clear story where I um, was talking to the, I think they were year 11 at the time, and I asked them, oh, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And one girl, straight away, she goes, I want to be a model. My response, he's already laughing, <laughs> was, I'm talking about something being realistic here. And straight away, I just caught myself because my intention was meant to be good. But here I was, this girl had a dream to be a model, and she's become one, by the way, so that's the win. <laughs> but I cut her down. I did not speak life. This girl that has this dream, I simply cut her down. And even in the room, you could feel it. Imagine all these year 11 boys and girls in the room and the ooh. Like, it is never great when somebody older than you cuts you down. And we all fall into this trap time and time again. And I was reading different stories over time how people are saying one thing one moment and then saying the other the next. Our speech has power. And it does two things. It either brings life or it brings death. So does the way you speak turn people to Jesus? Point people to Jesus. Because why does it matter? Because it either does two things. It either brings people to Jesus or it takes them away. There's no middle ground here. You're bring, either bringing life or you're bringing death. That's the biggest thing. And we all fall into this trap. I see it constantly in my week where I'm not speaking life to people. So we get to James 3, and there's so much power, and it's a bit of a hard-hitting uh, message today, a challenge that James, straight out of the gates, is, is challenging us. And he starts off with this. So verse 9, he says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who, have made, who were made in God's likeness. Out of that same mouth we praise, and then we curse. So my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Welcome to church this morning. It's a hard hit between you. 
But honestly, you need to reflect and go, wow. And he's saying, you're a bunch of hypocrites. I'm a hypocrite. We're all hypocrites. Because how often has the church, capital C, as Mark always says, how often have we seen this in place? We're about a place that's meant to love, and we constantly can bring people down. How often have we seen the salvos do this? Our church do this. How often have you sat in that space yourself? And it's a reflection for me. How often have I found myself in that space? You praise one minute and you curse the next. What a challenge. And we can't continue to do this. And we can't do it alone. The verse again, verse 8. Humans cannot tame the tongue. It's only through God they can do this. And James, he's trying to hit it hard here. He goes on to describe the impact of the tongue. And he says this, when you put bits into a, the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn that whole animal, um, animal around. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but a great it makes grace boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among you, among the body parts. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. And so James is trying to get to the point here. He firstly, he uses the fact that there's the bit in the horse's mouth as a great example in terms of how the tongue can control something. He then goes on and talks about the rudder of a ship. And this massive vessel, it's the rudder is the thing that actually is steering the ship. And lastly, he talks about a spark and that being set on fire. And over the last few years, we've seen the ability of a small bit of fire create so much damage. There's power in the tongue. It's either bringing life or death. And he's trying to get to the point here about using these things to really bring home the impact of the tongue. He said it corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one life. And he mentions it again and again throughout James. Kim talked about this a few weeks ago in James 1. It said, if you don't keep a tight rein on your tongue, our religion is simply worth it, worthless. This particular passage is about the fact that um, our mouth speaks pain in one moment's and then pr brings praise to God in the next. You move to James 4, and then it says, well, we judge and we gossip, and that's a huge thing that takes place in our community, in the church, and beyond, and the damage it causes. And then James 5, it then talks about that how we use our words to bring ourselves up and distort the truth for our own advantage. As humans, we continue to let, um, use it the way that we speak in different ways, either bring life or death. So the question is, how often do you find yourself in that space, speaking in these ways? So does the way you speak point the people around you to Jesus? Does the way you speak point the people around you to Jesus? Because words, they shape your identity. And how often you think about this week, you might have been given 30 words, even this morning, 30 words of positivity in your life, 
one negative comment and it throws the rest out. And that's the power of our speech. And why we have to be so careful in terms of what we say. And so how do you tame the tongue? How do you break this cycle? And I think the first step is through repentance. Because often um, we have to do this because these words that we are speaking over other people, it's often the thing that is um, hurting somebody and bringing them down. We aren't pointing people to Jesus in this way. Again, how we point to Jesus, you are either pointing people to him or away. So we're going to have a time of repentance. We can just sit and simply reflect about your life. And simply ask the question to God, what are the words that you have spoken over time? This week, there might be something specific. It might just be generally. And just really ask God, can you please help me? I'm sorry for what I've done. Can you please allow me to be a person in your strength that speaks life rather than death? You might have a specific moment like me with that young girl talking about her modeling career that I simply brought down, that you need to just pray over that and speak over it. The thing is, in repentance, you might be sitting there right now feeling horrible about yourself, thinking about that key moment when you said that particular thing. Or you, you know that you gossip, or you do this or that, and your speech, it's a thing that's an issue. But repentance, it's about placing the focus on Jesus. That's what it's about. It's not meant to be shameful, but it's simply coming to Jesus and saying, God, I'm a broken person and I can't do this without your strength. It's our need for him to be a part of it. And in reading this week, I found that repentance, um, somebody's definition was um, great. It says, repentance is when we turn away from our sin and towards God on a daily basis. It has to be daily because we will slip up. And Galatians 5 says that the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. So in order to receive the desires of the spirit, we must put to death the desires of the flesh and live for God. To put to death these words that, of, that do not spring life, rather the opposite, to live for God and these desires of the spirit that allow us to speak life. So we're going to sit and reflect. You just have to ask God this one question. How can you continue to speak life over people? And what do we need to repent to at this moment? And then I'll come back up and continue to talk about how James is challenging us today. So God, we just, um, we sit here now, humble, just contemplating the words that we speak. We're here to just, just say sorry for those words that we've spoken on, on people that aren't true, that are not of you, and we're praying that in your strength that you can help us to be people that, spring, that just speak life over others. And through our words, they will be able to experience you. That it's all, that's what it's all about. And I pray that, yeah, if somebody in this room is just feeling um, that brokenness, the shame, that you would just take that away from them, and that it's, it's your grace, God, that um, truly makes that change. That's why the Easter story happens, God, that you took um, all of our sin and allowed that true freedom. And I pray that, yeah, people can just feel that peace, that understanding that, yes, we were one way, but that whole transformation and that we took from today, from tomorrow, 
that we can be people that speak life instead of death. Amen. So do the words that you say point people to Jesus? And I think the next part comes to forgiveness, to healing. Because for many of you, yes, you may have, and we all have, spoken words that are not of life over people, but you have also received that as well. That's a powerful thing. It shapes your identity. And we all suffer because of it. You carry that burden of those words. And like I said before, you could get 30 comments, but it's the negative one that sticks and that you hold on to. The untrue stuff, the ungodly stuff, that's the thing you hold on to. I don't know um, if many of you know this, but my dad's father was an alcoholic. He was abusive. He brought fear to my, my dad's family, created a fearful household. Words did not speak. They weren't, life was not spoken over him as a young kid. And speaking to my dad this week, this is why I'm emotional, because it's a tough conversation. And his reactions to the words spoken over him shaped his identity. He's, he was a person that reacted. He had re- held resentment. Anger, unforgiveness, it took a strain, it took an impact on his mental health. And he had this heaviness that was on his heart. And then one day, and I'm reading here because I'm quoting my dad, one day his mentor said to him, I think you need to write a letter to your father. I think you need to write a letter of forgiveness and start this process of healing. Start this process to allow God to do a work in your life and forgive your father for what has been done and create this journey of healing, journey of forgiveness. And so he wrote this letter for his benefit. He wrote this letter because he knew he had to let go because it was holding on to him so strongly. He was 30 around the time that he wrote this letter. So that's 30 years of holding this heaviness on him of what those words that had been spoken over him by his father. And the thing is, he never got a response from this letter. It wasn't about his father. It was about my dad. My dad making a choice that he wanted to bring change. He wanted... God to do a work in his life. Because what was happening is my dad was blaming his past for who he was. It was holding his identity. And what happens is he wanted God to look at his past and look at it in a way that created who he is today for the good. It was this journey of healing that allowed my dad to accept and allow God to do a new thing in him. Dad talked about, well, his identity, and it was a journey from starting to write this letter of forgiveness. He then became somebody who was resilient, somebody who was free, somebody who had joy in his life. He now had the ability to forgive other people, 
He had this physical relief come over him and he was able to live in God's freedom, to be who he was and to have this greater growth in God as well. And he said that he was now able to accept the words of life that were continually spoken over him, but he had simply just put up a barrier and kept listening to this negativity that was over his life. And so it's asking for freedom in that space. Dad said he had to make a choice opposite to what he thought, breaking the cycle, generations of addiction, and allowing this to be a catalyst. Dad said a stake in the ground that that night, that letter would be the change to allow God to impact his life, to bring healing, to bring feeling, healing and freedom. And all of us here, we're impacted by the words that have been spoken over us. And what happens is you pass on what you carry. Dad didn't like who he was as a minister. He didn't like who he was as a dad, as a husband, and it came back to the words that were spoken to him throughout his younger years. We pass on what we carry. And words have great impact. And some of you today, you've experienced similar things to my dad, but we have all experienced words that are untrue. And that has shaped your identity and not for the good. And so God wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. He wants to create change in this space. My dad's life He's been completely transformed. His siblings look at him and have no idea how his dad got to where he is today. But I know God, God is the thing that changed him. It's a drastic, drastic shift. My dad was transformed due to God's work in his life. But he was also transformed by the words the people kept speaking over him. Words of life. And he made the choice to think about, well, what are you listening to? What are you hearing? Is it the words of life or is it the negativity? And so we're going to sit again. And I want you to, yeah, ask God, what are the words that you are holding on to? And ask for healing. And after this, I'll um, pray over you for healing as well. So in this space, ask God for what are the words that you're hold on, holding on to and invite him into bring healing. Let's pray. So God, I put before you these words that have been spoken over each people, person here. Words that are not of you. These words that have each um, taken a hold of them, a hold, have um, taken a hold of them, shaped their identity and who they are, but are untrue and not of you. I pray that you bring this healing over their heart. Restore them. Help them to heal. Move them away from emotions of anger, from the pain, the resentment, the unforgiveness, the bitterness that continues to weigh heavy on their heart, continues to weigh on them each day. God, I pray that they not lose heart but be in, inwardly just renewed day by day. 
because it will be a day-by-day journey to bring healing. But God, I just pray that you continue to provide a peace like no other, peace that they've never felt before and that they will be in a, a position to start just receiving these words of life that you want spoken over them rather than these worlds, these words that are weighing them down. We can't do this without you, God. Amen. So the way you speak to the people around you, to Jesus. And James, it's always about faith in action. It's the doing. It's what Brooke talked about last week. So how can we get to a point where what we say points people to Jesus? And it says in verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. The thing is, we will fall back and we will stumble. We will find ourselves saying those negative things about people again. My dad described that these words that have been spoken on him still come back and are relived. But it's through God and coming back to him allows him to journey through that and bring healing. And in verse 7, it says, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Brooke, last week he talked about faith without deeds. It's simply dead. And James here, he's providing the first steps of action in terms of how we can do that. And it's through the way we speak. Brooke said last week, through our lives, you introduce people to Jesus. It's through your actions. And in this case, it's through your words. It's through what you say. And the thing is, when you continue to seek God, what will happen is your words will be in his strength rather than your own. Verse 8, no human can tame the tongue. Only God can change the way we speak. And the devotion this week, the James Challenge, if you read it, it said the fruits that you produce are a direct reflection of what has been planted. And Luke 6.45, he brings this up and he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what you say, it's a direct reflection of your heart. And it's through God, when we come to him, surrender, a surrendered tongue is a thing that can speak life. And Brooke, last week, he said, the deeper you understand the love of God, the easier it is to live out God's love. It becomes easier. It's hard to do it in our human strengths, but with God's help, we can. And this week, a few people shared this verse around, but Galatians 5.25, it says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. When you're in that space, your daily habits, how you live, becomes more Spirit-led rather than your own strength. So what can we do? What can we change? And this is my thing. What would happen if on a daily basis we spoke life over people? 
Not negativity, simply everything that came out of our mouth because we're in step with the Spirit, it was speaking life over somebody. What a change would that be? If you reflect on those words that have been spoken over you that are of life, how that has made you feel. You think of muster, those who attended muster and the encouragement war and reflecting over the things that people said about you, the truth, the godly words, it makes you feel the best. Think about that random text or the call where somebody's um, actually getting in contact with you, not because they want something, just because they want to speak love over you. How does that make you feel? Or that card in the mail? Or that random comment in conversation that you didn't expect, but somebody just simply wanted to encourage you? It makes you feel the best. It brings life. And that's what we need to see more of. So my mum and dad, they're currently in New Zealand working as officers. And dad, this week, as I was talking to him about this, he said the New Zealand meaning for the Salvation Army is the army brings life. And that's what we need to be, an army that brings life. And so what we're going to do in this time is we're actually going to take the first step of change, the first step of bringing life over somebody. And there's a card, there's an envelope and a card on each of your chairs. And if you don't have a pen, there's some pens at the back. But I want you to ask God, who's one person in this room that you need to speak life over? Or it might be some, somebody outside. But just reflect, before you start writing anything down, sit and ask God the question, who do you need to speak life to today? And then once you have the name, the next step is saying, well, what do you want me to say? Remember, we can't do this in our own strength, so we need to ask God those questions to allow us to create change. So God, who do you want me to speak life over to today? And then what do you want me to say to them, God? Because we need to be people that speak life, and we need to, need to do it in God's strength. And in 1 Corinthians 14.3, it talks about when we speak life, it's to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. That's what your words need to be in this letter or this card, and that's what your words need to be moving forward from today on. And as, we, as you write the letter, you might, you might feel that if they're in this room, you might want to stand up and go hand it to them, or you might want to post it to them this week, or... Give it to them in another time, but just consider what's the best way for you to pass on this word of encouragement to somebody this week. So I'll give you space, write the card, and I'll come up and wrap up. Thanks to Joel for bringing us the word this week and, and a big thanks to Joel for being so raw and so honest and uh, showing emotion. Um, I think it's one of the great things that we see um, in, in our church, whether it, it be someone in the congregation when they're being interviewed up front or whether it's someone giving a sermon. It's very powerful, the things uh, that we speak about, and it can be very, very emotional. So we really appreciate Joel for uh, bearing a soul and talking about some some private stuff that's happened in his dad's life. And um, I think it was, yeah, it was a really poignant sermon and a 
really poignant message uh, this week, especially with um, uh, different things that are going on. Uh, how often do we we see of um, people that we know or famous people that perhaps have, have taken their own life and not necessarily saying that's because of negative words sent their way, but any any way that we can be uplifting someone and like we did in the church service with um, writing uh, cards and encouragement to others, uh, either in the in the service or people outside um, in our in our regular uh, ecosystem of our, of our world. Um, I think it's a really encouraging thing. We, we don't realize um, how powerful words can be, both negatively and also positively. So I think it was really important uh, to have that included in the, the James Challenge for week three for this week uh, being played here on the Shire Salvos podcast. Well, hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for tuning into the Shire Salvos podcast. And uh, we'll be talking to you next Monday afternoon with a brand new episode. Stay safe. God bless. And we'll catch you next week.